Fuck you, you're God of the comic book multiverse, now in podcast form. I'm Luke, and as you know, my partner for the movies is Shannon, aka Scripture Movies. How are you doing? Doing well. This month we ended up watching Hellboy Sword of Storms, one of the two animated Hellboy movies that came out uh, in between the first and second live-action Hellboy movies, and uh, how do you feel about this one? It was good. I mean, I, it could have been tightened up, and we were talking about, like, the animation was really weak in certain points. Like, it was obviously very low budget, and some of the one-liners felt kind of flat, but there were also a lot of really interesting ideas in it, like the real, the sympathetic villains, and, and um, like, the minor villains were great. You felt really bad for them a couple times, like, at the beginning with the bat, bat thing. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, premise is basically... Hellboy has been sucked into, like, the Japanese spirit world with this, uh, thing called the Sword of Storms, and if he breaks it, it's going to release, uh, thunder and lightning spirits who are, uh, going to unleash all of the dragons around the world, and he doesn't want to have that happen, and Uh meanwhile, like, the servant of thunder and lightning, who's this possessed professor, is trying to send monsters to stop him. Well, he's also ushering the dragons into the world as much as he can himself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the monsters are all, I guess, all from Japanese mythology. I recognize some of them. But then the dragons were from uh, drawn from a lot of different mythologies, from different cultures. And, like, that one underwater dragon, was mm-hmm. that even from something? Or was it just, like, a weird snake dragon? It <laughs> uh, looked like uh, one of the uh, Ogdru Jihad, like the great demons that were in uh, the Hellboy comics. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing. The movie takes a lot of the inspiration from the comics as opposed to the movie universe. So you have, like, their uh, mountain secret base for the BPRD, and you have Kate Corrigan, which is fantastic. She's one of my favorite characters in the series. And yeah, she was cool. The uh, relationships are different, so it's not really Hellboy and Liz have a romance. It's more of a paternal relationship in a way. Mm-hmm. They don't interact a lot. Yeah. Especially Liz and Abe, right? Yeah. So they have, like, their weird little breath kiss thing yeah, going like, on. They're awkward. <laughs> yeah, like, it felt that, oh, this could have been something where in a worse cartoon, it's like, oh, no, I can't believe you kissed me. And it's like, no, she recognizes that it was so she would not die underwater. It yeah. was cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked, I liked the designs. And I liked the art direction. I feel like... If they had had more money or like a better team, it would have been. It could have been a really, you know, intense, fun. I don't know. It, it was still enjoyable, and I think like I've read a little bit of the comics, and I think anyone who's a fan of the comics would probably enjoy it. Yeah, it's sort of like one of the mini series that don't really take place or involve anything big with the overarching stories, as opposed mm-hmm. to the second one, which is sort of a uh, adaptation of one of the series. But yeah. Uh, it was Sean Cheeks Galloway who did most of the designs, and if you watched uh, Spectacular Spider-Man, which is a fantastic Spider-Man cartoon, which is saying something considering how bad a lot of them are, uh, he also did the designs for that and for this movie, and like they're really nice things, like Hellboy's main design from like his very broad top to his very tiny hooved feet. His tiny right. feet, yeah, so his tiny feet. Yeah, he looked great. Mm-hmm. His like his facial expressions and body language and stuff, and I liked a lot of the, the monster designs. 
And I got excited whenever I recognized anything from, like, mythology. I was like, oh, my God. There's, like, this dude's carving cucumbers. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Kappa's. Yeah, so maybe it's a silly thing to get excited about. I was like, oh, cool, I recognize. Like, they did at least a little bit of research. It wasn't just like, ah, oh, samurai with a sword, ah, oh, Japanese. Like, <laughs> there was uh, at least a certain level of respect and research that went into portraying Japanese culture and mythology and stuff. Yeah, and, like, even when, in the end, like, Hellboy is in the graveyard afterlife and he's, like, dealing with, like, 30 different monsters, mm-hmm. at least the main ones are, like, big ones. Like, they have the uh, giant skeleton monster... It was like uh, a Tengu, the thing with yeah. the nose, the nose guy. Uh, the bird guy. Yeah, and there was, yeah. Yeah, there was, there was also the wizard. Yeah, what else? Yeah, and the, like I was I was talking about before we explained what the movie was about, um, the, the wolf, not the wolf, sorry, the bat thing at the beginning, and the, the floating head guys, I don't know what they're, the name of those monsters are, when they were like, where'd you put my body? Like, oh no, where, like, you, like, they were evil, but you felt... They were very sympathetic because they were like panicked and when the the bat creature was trying to summon its friends and then it's realized everyone everyone else is dead and it's alone yeah. and it's about to burn to death it was like oh yeah i you, didn't expect that for sure yeah no you felt bad for not like, for the two main villains though they're just sort of like uh angry demons well and like angry thund- thunder and lightning gods yeah like they did a good job of like saying some things it's just nature and for other things it's very they're evil by choice. Mm-hmm. According to the Wikipedia, there was the uh, Kappa, which we both recognized. Uh, the Roku Rokubi, which were the long neck people. Mm-hmm. The long uh, neck ladies. Yeah, there were the uh, Nukakubi, who were the floating head guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jorogumo. Oh yeah, that was the giant spider lady. She was cool. Yeah. I liked it when she was playing the instrument and his blood was coming off her fingers and stuff. Like, her final design wasn't as scary as I thought it would be. It was just, like, a big spider with, like, a lady torso on it. <laughs> yeah. But I liked the beginning of her segment. Yeah, there was the uh, Gashidakuro, which was the giant skeleton, the Tengu, and then the Yamatsu Shikomi, which... Which one was that? Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, oh, okay, that was the uh, witch thing who was attacking at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like, uh, Magnola usually does a good job, and, like, the people who he brings on do really good jobs of making everything fit into the world. And, like, that was another Mm -hmm. thing. Like, they had a few shots where it was like, oh, things are happening around the world. Like, the uh, dragon who was coming up under the uh, statue of St. George, which was something that I remembered from the first time I saw the movie, it's like, England looked very different than Japan, which looked very different mm-hmm. than South America. And Versus, like, spirit world Japan. Also, like, the color scheme was different. Yeah. Like, a lot of work went into it for what they could do. And then, yeah, I mean, absolutely. the uh, cast was really good. Yeah, I would, like, yeah, when the opening credits came on, it was, like, Ron Perlman, and then, like, Doug Jones was in it. I was like, wow, that's... And, like, well, and Del Toro Selma, and... And Mel- Selma Blair. Hmm? Selma Blair, who was also in the movies. Which was cool, and I yeah. think if I... It's been a long time since I've seen the movie, but if I, like, was watching this in between the two movies, I think it would have led, led a level of, like, authenticity, and the performances were good. Like I said, I think some of the one-liners were kind of like, nah, where he's yeah. just like, now I'm angry. It's like, you could have said something. I don't, I don't remember exactly, but... And then some of them were funny and clever. Like, some of the little moments where he, like, throws the ha- the Thunder Guy's hammer, and he's like, just go get it, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. that was funny. 
Yeah, like he completely misses hitting him with the hammer. <laughs> and then, yeah, no, I mean, it was definitely something that a lot of thought and fun went into, which... Especially the script and the design. I think the final execution, maybe if it had been directed better, if the animation was tighter, or, like, if the editing was a little tighter, like, some of the jokes, I feel like the timing was kind of off. Mm-hmm. Like, it could have been better, but definitely was not bad. I would definitely watch the second one. Yeah, and I want to say I like the second one more. It's very different because, I mean, this is very much a, hey, let's show all of this weird stuff that we can. It feels very episodic in a way. Yeah, it felt like two episodes of a cartoon or something. It could have been if there was, like, a Hellboy animated series. It would just mm-hmm. be, like, a two-parter about, oh, the Japanese stuff <laughs> and dragons. Uh, yeah, and it ended up being nominated for a Emmy for Outstanding Animated Program for programming one hour or more. Wow. Yeah, so... That's um, sort of surprising. I didn't think it was that good. I mean, it was good, but... Well, um, I, I'm not sure what it might have been up against. Let's yeah, look. Yeah, true. Yeah, go, yeah, look it up and see. Yeah, there aren't very many, like, good TV hour-long animated films. <laughs> yeah. This is definitely better than a lot of them that I've seen. Hmm. Okay, that wasn't... What year was it? Uh, it was 2006. <laughs> Animated program for more than one hour. Okay. So, up for the award that year was Good Wilt Hunting, a special episode of Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, Hell- <laughs> Hellboy Animated Sword of Storms, Secrets of the Deep, and Where's Laszlo, uh, an episode of Camp Laszlo, and that one. I bet it was better than the Camp Laszlo one, at least. I bet it was better than all of those. I, I vaguely remember the, maybe remember the Fosters? I think like, I sort of watched Fosters. I think that was when Wilt was trying to find his, uh, like, creator. Mm-hmm. But I remember very little about that yeah, series. I I it. And less about Camp Laszlo. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be sad if I completely forgot that Camp Laszlo ever existed. <laughs> that was Ooh. that. It wasn't terrible, but I, that wasn't one of my You're favorites. You're dropping some shade. <laughs> Camp, Camp Laszlo shade. Yeah. Wasn't it the same guys who did Rocco's, uh, Rocco's Modern Life who did yeah. Camp Laszlo? And uh, I was like, because I loved Rocco's growing up, and I was like really disappointed. I think they were very different shows, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, I can understand that. Anyway, Hellboy. <laughs> yeah, Hellboy, Hellboy. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the movie was a lot of fun. It was great that they brought back so much of the cast. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, December, we do, uh, the, uh, we do the sequel. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Awesome. And especially if you said if you enjoyed it more. Because I like this one. It's one, definitely one of the best ones that we've watched so far. Just, like, I, like, I didn't really live up to its potential if it had been, like, a hadn't been like a straight to DVD thing it could have been better but there are a lot of cool ideas in it and none of it is insulting or offensive or anything like that. I like mm-hmm. how they hand like a lot of female characters a lot of people of color a lot of interesting dynamics yeah and a variety of like personalities between the characters without being over the top yeah definitely cool well uh, this has been another episode of uh, the movie podcast so Shannon where can people find you online you can find me at Plenty of Alcoves on Twitter and at Streetchy Movies, S-T-R-U-C-C-I. And if you just type in uh, Streetchy Movies or so you want to be a film nerd on YouTube, you can find me pretty easily. 
Cool. And chances are, if you're listening to this episode of the podcast, you know where you can find me online. I am at Coltreg, K-O-L-T-R-E-G. And all of the podcast information, I'll spare you the minute-long spiel, is at multiversalq.com. And we will see you next month. Peace. Awesome.